And honor of Father's Day, this message I want to share with you, not just for the men, but really it's going to hit the women. It's going to speak to your hearts, to our singles. It's going to speak to uh, those of you that are students and teenagers. So I believe this message is going to stir a lot of hearts today. Yesterday uh, was my 40th birthday, and so it's a special weekend for me. Turned 40 and got to spend some time with my dad. We met my dad, my family and I. We met my dad in Shawnee. We had lunch. We we went bowling, played some arcade games, and, and then we went and got some ice cream and just had a, had a great time uh, with my family. And then the first time my wife's ever done this, but yesterday I have 40 gifts in honor of my 40th birthday. That was a huge surprise to have 40 different gifts. She set the bar. I can't wait for next year to get 41. Hey, Amen. I'm just <laughs> so excited. Man, this is awesome. Praise God. Celebrate me, baby. Celebrate me. Uh, but it's just a great weekend, and Father's Day as well, and so just a great weekend, and great time with my family, and, and you would know on, on this weekend that's so special to me and my family that my wife and I get in an argument. Come on, you know, your, your best day sometimes can also turn into your worst day at times, you know what I'm saying? And so we got in an argument uh, yesterday, and it just got real heated, and I, I told you before, in the pastor's house, we don't get in fights, we have intense moments of fellowship, and so one of that last night was one of those moments that we had intense moments of fellowship, and we were in a heated argument. It's one of the worst arguments that we've had in, in recent years, and happens on my birthday and turning 40, and we're arguing, and it, it was just one of those times that we got so intense, I, literally Tiffany was on her hands and knees crawling at me not happy at all. And she says to me, Herbert, get out from underneath that bed and stand up and fight like a man. <laughs> okay, that didn't really happen, okay? I, I'm joking, we didn't get in a fight on my birthday. That didn't really happen. But can I tell you, sometimes that life can put you underneath the bed. Sometimes marriage can put you underneath the bed. Come on, come on, men as fathers say, sometimes raising children can put you underneath the bed. Sometimes career can put you underneath the bed. Sometimes the devil, the adversary can put you underneath the bed. And friends, can I tell you what I want to talk to you about today is you got to get out from underneath the bed and you got to fight like a man. You got to fight like a woman. Can I submit to you today? There are some things worth fighting for. There are some things worth fighting against. Now, when I grew up in high school, junior high, I was a lover, not a fighter. But come on, I'm telling you, as I've grown in my faith, I have realized that there are some things worth fighting for. And the Apostle Paul wrote about fighting in the Scripture. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7, he says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And Paul is at the end of his life when he is writing these words and he says, I was in a fight. The Apostle Paul clearly says that life was not smooth sailing for him even though he was a Christian. There were some things that Paul had to fight for. There were some things that Paul had to fight against. And for you and I to live an overcoming, victorious Christian life, we will have to learn how to stand up and fight. We'll have to learn how to fight. The, the scripture, as you read the Bible, it, it, it talks 
on several occasions about fighting and the importance of, of fighting. And what I want to do today is I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 17. And I want to share with you today seven points on how to fight and not just how to fight. Hear me, hear me, hear me. How to win the fight. Did you realize that your Bible not just tells you that you're in a fight, but the Bible gives you specific instructions on how to win the fight. And I want us to look at that together today. Number one is this, fight the right fight. If you're going to win the fight, you got to fight the right fight. Notice in Ephesians chapter 6, as we unpack these seven verses together, beginning in verse number 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Let, let me submit to you, first of all, if you're going to win the fight, you got to understand you need God's power. You, you can't win this fight on your own strength. This is not just some ordinary fight. If you're going to win the fight that the Bible talks about and be an overcomer, you have to realize you can't do it in your own strength. You need God. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. You need, you need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. You need his mighty power. Verse 11 goes on to say, put on the full armor of God, the full. Come on, everybody at all of our locations, shout full. Come on, even those of you joining us online, come on, say full, full, full. We notice that the full armor of God. If you're going to win this fight, you can't have on half your armor. You can't have on two-thirds of the armor. The only way to gain victory and to win victory is by putting on the full armor of God. It goes on to say so that you can take your stand. That, that's a key word in this text. You'll see it show up a couple of different occasions. Take your stand against the devil's schemes, your stand. You see, with the full armor of God on, you can stand against the devil's schemes. Can I submit to you that you were created not to retreat, but to stand? You were not created to run, but to get out from underneath that bed and stand. You were not created to hide underneath the bed. You were created to get out from underneath that bed and to stand. Can I tell you, you have to understand something. Some of you are on the run, and you're scared, and you're running for your life. And I'm telling you, as a child of the Most High God, get your back straight. Get your feet planted. Come hell or high water, stand with the full armor of God. God on. You're created to stand against the devil's schemes. And he does have schemes. He has schemes to take you out. He has schemes to destroy your life. Destroy your children. Destroy your career. Destroy your marriage. He has, he has schemes that you're fighting against. Verse 12 goes on to say this. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. The Bible says that we're fighting against the powers of this dark world. You see, the right fight, that's what we're talking about, point one. The right fight is against Satan and his demonic forces. And so many people are fighting the wrong fight. Some of you are fighting the wrong fight. You're, you're fighting for your image. You're fighting for prestige. You're, you're fighting for power. You're fighting for popularity. Some of you are fighting against people. How many of you would lift a hand up and say, you know somebody right now that, that's on your last nerve? Come on, slip a hand up right now. Come on, yeah. And it's easy to start thinking our battles against people, people we don't like, 
people we believe have done us wrong. People, maybe your, your spouse or a, a co-worker or a boss or a neighbor or a coach, and, and you start fighting against people, but the Bible says that's the wrong fight. Your real fight is against dark forces, evil forces, demonic forces in, in heavenly realms. There is a real spiritual battle going on, and if you're going to be victorious, you have to understand, you got to fight the right fight. you got to fight a spiritual battle fight. Number two is this. There's a second thing. First of all, Paul points out, fight the right fight. Fight the right fight. Number two, fight with truth. Fight with truth. He goes on to say in Ephesians 6 and verse 14, stand firm there. And we see it again. Get out from underneath the bed. You weren't called to retreat. You weren't called to run. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And one of the devil's schemes is to try to get us to build our life on a lie. One of the devil's biggest schemes is, is, is he used lies and deception. He's a deceiver. Jesus calls him the father of lies. And he wants you to build your life on lies, deception, and on half-truth. One of the things that you'll hear people say frequently, it's a common saying, people will say, the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. But I want you to hear me today. The truth will not set you free. That is not the truth. Let me tell you what Jesus says in John chapter 8 and verse 31 and 32. He says, to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Truth won't set you free. It's the truth you know that will set you free. You got to put on the belt of truth. You got to know truth. You got to be in God's word. You got to read the word of God. You have to know truth. Listen, if the truth by itself would set you free, everybody on the planet would be set free. Truth is all around us. But it's the truth you know that will set you free. And you see, the belt in the soldier back in the day, the belt held all of the armor in place. And the belt of truth will hold your life in place. You can build your life on the right foundation, the solid foundation of Jesus Christ and, and his word. You have to fight with truth. You've got to know the word of God. You have to be in the word of God. Don't build your life on deception and have lies. Well, that's what my mama taught me. That's what my daddy taught me. Well, that's how I grew up. Well, that's what everybody else does. Don't build your life on lies and deception. Put on the belt of truth. Fight with truth. Number three is this. Fight with righteousness. Fight with righteousness. He goes on to say in Ephesians 6 and verse 14, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And the soldier in those days, the, the breastplate covered the soldier's chest area. And the best breastplate would protect the vital organs inside of the body. There are a lot of vital organs in this chest area. And one of the most important organs that was protected is the heart. And as you read the scriptures, you find out that the only way to fight the right fight and to win the fight is you have to protect the heart. 
you have to guard your heart. You see, life is lived from the inside out. So goes your heart. So goes your life. The, the, the condition of your heart will determine the condition of your life. You got to guard your heart. You got to protect your heart. You got to put on the breastplate of righteousness to fight against the devil's schemes. The Bible says in Proverbs 4 and verse 23, it says above all else, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. The writer of Proverbs is simply saying, listen, the direction of our life flows out of our heart. Guard your heart because it flows the wellspring of life. The condition of your heart will determine the condition of your life. Guard your heart. Protect your heart. And there's so much always coming at us. And if we're going to win the battle, we have to guard our heart. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Guard our heart. You have to guard your heart from pride. Start thinking you're better than other people. Become arrogant. Start looking down on people. Guard your heart because so goes your heart, so goes your life. You have to guard your heart against bitterness. You know, bitterness is one of those things that we justify and think we deserve to be bitter. I want to just help you understand something about life. We all go through negative things. Bad things happen to good people. We all experience negativity. We all experience things we don't like. And if you don't guard your heart, and if you let bitterness slip in, and you start living life bitter, and you start justifying your bitterness, we live life from the inside out. The condition of your heart will determine the condition of your life. you got to guard your heart from comparison. It's easy to play the comparison game. You guard your heart. You start comparing yourself to other people, and I, I want what they have, and you start comparing, I need to be like them, and you start comparing yourself. Guard your heart. Guard your heart from greed. The monster of more. I always want more. You keep saying, I'll be happy when. I'll be happy if. When I get there, when I accomplish this, guard your heart. Guard your heart from lust. Be careful what you allow in these eyes. Be careful what you watch, what you stand. Guard your heart from lust. And men, it's Father's Day. We're, we're, we're visually driven. Guard your heart. So goes your heart, so goes your life. Let me just say a word to the ladies today. Ladies, watch what you're wearing. Come on, I know it's summertime. Come on, but the Lord still made clothes. Praise the Lord. Amen. <laughs> Come on, help the brothers. Help us out. Guard your heart. Fight with righteousness. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Number four is this. Fight with peace. Fight with, with peace. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 15 goes on to say, And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel. Notice this. The gospel of peace. The gospel brings peace with God, peace inside of ourselves, peace with others, the gospel of peace. Having the peace of God is vital for the Christ follower to fight the good fight, to fight the right fight. Paul goes on to talk about 
the, the subject of peace in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. He says, let the peace of Christ rule. That, that word in the, in the Greek is a, is a word like call the shots, like an umpire word. Let, let the peace of Christ umpire your life. Call the shots. Let it direct your life. Let it lead your life. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. To stand against the devil's schemes, our hearts must be ruled, must be governed, must be umpired, must be dictated, must be led by peace. Our decisions must be ruled, must be governed, must be dictated by the peace of God. And friends, it's very difficult to stand firm and fight the good fight. When your heart is not ruled by the peace of God. I know this from personal experience. I'm just coming out of this, this type of season in my own life. I decided in January I was going to start preaching five times on Sundays. And I thought, man, this is a good move. I, I, I desire to do this, uh, to take us forward and minister to even more people. And so I just, I was excited about it and started preaching five times. And I noticed I wasn't bouncing back as quick. I was used to recover more quickly. And usually when I, when I was preaching four times on a Sunday, I, I would bounce back Tuesday, sometimes really Wednesday, I would get back to normal and start feeling like myself. And I've heard all the statistics and studied and knew, hey, they, they say eight, uh, one, uh, one sermon's like eight hours of a work day. And I, I knew all of that, but I've just been able to to, to push through and preach and try to take care of myself physically and try to put the right things in my body. Most of the time, I sure didn't yesterday, amen. I didn't put the right things in my body yesterday. But just try to take care of myself so I can be all that God wants me to be and do all that he wants me to do. And I just found myself not recovering as quick and becoming irritable. Um, just not myself, not responding as quickly, not as sharp as I normally, normally was. And I had one pastor friend recently tell me, he was just talking about himself and said, yeah, I preach three times on Sunday and I wear one of those, those devices that counts calories when you're active and moving. And he said, I preach three times and I, when I preach three times on a Sunday, I burn 3,000 calories. I was like, really? I wonder how many I'm burning. I might be burning 5,000 calories. I'm more active than you, my brother. You kind of just, I'm, I move. I was just wondering, you know, maybe that's why I'm tired. You know, I mean, I don't, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. And, you know, how many of you understand this? You know, in my mind, I felt like I'm 21. <laughs> but Lordy, Lordy, I turned 40 and I feel like it. I feel like it. And I, I'm just been seeking God. And I thank God I took the last five Sundays off. I preached one time out in Destin, Florida. But I just hadn't been myself. I'm just trying to say, man, God, how do I do this for the long haul? I got to get the peace of God. And I'm not in sin, but I got to find out, God, how do I do this for the long haul? And I just made the decision. I just got to go back to preaching four times. And I'm just being honest with you. I wish I could tell you your pastor had an S on underneath here. And I, but I don't. And I, I have not been living with the peace of God in this area of my life. And so starting July the 12th, we're going to go back. I'm going to go back to preaching four times. The only thing that will affect your life is we're going to go back to our old service times of 830, 10, and 1. Northwest, you're going to go to 10 and 1130 so I can begin to preach live to all campuses when I desire to. And Midwest City, you'll stay the same. 
And, and, and that's my journey. That's just one of my journey. Let me ask you something. What areas of your life is your heart not being ruled by the peace of God? What area are you like? You know, there's no peace. And you know what happens when you don't have peace of God in your life? You start getting more tired. You get more irritable. Sometimes you start getting depressed. You start getting snappy and short. You start getting more ang ang get, get angry more, more quickly. You start maybe seeking God the way that you should seek him. And what we have to allow to happen in our hearts is for the peace of God to rule and umpire our hearts. What decisions have you been making that are not aligning with the peace of God? Perhaps you need to get in your prayer closet. And you need to seek God. And you need to let the peace of God umpire and rule your heart. Paul says it like this. Let your feet be fitted with the gospel of peace. Number five is this. Number five is this fight. And we've got to fight. There's a fight. And the Bible tells us how to win the fight, how to be victorious. Number five is this. Fight with faith. Fight with faith. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 16 says, in addition to all this, Take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. The, the opposite of faith would be doubt. And one of the enemy's devices, schemes, is to fire these arrows of doubt to get us to stop living by faith, to stop standing in faith. It's Father's Day. Come on, some of you men, he's been firing those arrows of doubt. You're not a real man. <laughs> Your kids don't even respect you. Your wife doesn't love you. You're a failure. Your kids are not even turning out the way that you want them to. Look at you. I don't even know why you come to church. You're just a hypocrite. <laughs> I know you signed up to get baptized next week. I don't know why you're going to get baptized. You know you don't love God. You're just going to go down a dry devil and come up a wet one. What are you doing? He'll talk to you like that. He'll talk to you like that. He, he, he operates with doubt. He operates with doubt. And the scripture says, listen, the scripture says, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish, you can block those arrows of doubt and live by faith and you've got to be in the word of God and know what God's word says. I want to talk to somebody. You're a Christian. If you're not a follower of Jesus, man, I want you to cross that line of faith and become a follower of Jesus because here's what the Bible says about people who are followers of Jesus, have given Jesus their life and their heart. The Bible says you're a child of God. You're a friend of God. The Bible says that you're more than a conqueror. Take up the shield of faith. The Bible says that you're an overcomer by the blood of the lamb and by the word of our, your testimony. The Bible says this. You're not forgiven because you're good. You're forgiven because he's good. And the blood of the lamb covers your sins and you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Not because of you, but because of him. Take up the shield of faith and extinguish the fiery darts of the evil 
evil one. Come on. You deserve to be in church just like anybody else would deserve to be in church. Come on. You're a child. Come on. You, you, you're, you, you need to be here. Come on. You're, it's, it's not because of your goodness that you deserve to be in church. It's because of his goodness. Come on. Don't let the enemy talk to you out of getting baptized next Sunday. Make you feel like you're not worthy. You follow God through the waters of baptism not because you're awesome but because he is awesome. I challenge some men on Father's Day to, to tell the whole family. Say, family, let's all get baptized together. Come on. You, you don't know anything about baptism? Go home and Google it. It's all throughout the Bible. Baptism. Come on. Get you a couple of scriptures and tell the family. Let's get baptized together next Sunday. We're going to show the enemy we will serve the Lord. No, daddy don't have it all together, but I'm striving to be like Jesus. And the enemy will fire darts of doubt. And you've got to take up the shield of faith. Number six is this. Fight with the mind of Christ. It goes on to say in Ephesians 6 verse 17, take the helmet of salvation. Listen, you have to have the whole armor to win. The whole armor. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Let me focus on the helmet of salvation. To win the fight, we have to have on the helmet of salvation. I use this terminology. We need to put on the mind of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 4, a couple of chapters earlier, Paul talks a little bit more about the mind, the mind, the mind, the helmet of salvation, the mind, how important the mind is. He says in verse 22, you were taught with regard to the for your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. Notice verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And one of the devil's schemes is to poison our minds with junk. There's junk all around us to poison our minds. Come on. The majority of us, I would really say all of us, got some junk inside of us as well. Not only from the outside, but on the inside. Some of the things we grew up with, how we were raised, some of the things that we, our belief system, just, just faulty thinking that hinders us from being all that God wants us to be. And we have to be made new in the attitudes of our minds. Romans chapter 12 says it like this, that, are we, that we need our minds to be renewed. We need our, we, listen, our minds have to be changed. We need God's word, being God's word. That's why church is important. That's why reading the Bible consistently is important, that our minds would get renewed. Our, we would be made new in the attitudes of our minds that our thinking would shift. Our thought pattern would shift. How we process would shift. Negative would shift to positive. We, we just got to be made new in the attitude of our minds. And some of you are losing the fight. You're losing the battle because of the mind. You don't have on the helmet of salvation. And you say, well, I'm a child of God, but your thinking's still the same. And, and that's why the scripture says you're being corrupted by its deceitful desires, that old self, the old thoughts, the old thought patterns. And you need a new mindset, a new focus, a new perspective. Having, putting on the helmet of salvation. That's why being in the word of God is so important. That leads me to number seven, the word of God, the word of God. We've talked about it several times throughout this message. Number seven is this. If you want to win the fight, fight with the word of God. He goes on to say in Ephesians 6 and verse 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit, the word of God, is the only offensive weapon the Bible mentions. I want to say to someone today, fall in love with Jesus and fall in love with his word. Fall in love with Jesus 
and fall in love with his word. There is just no way you can live a victorious life, an overcomer, without the sword of the spirit, the word of God. Can you imagine being in a fight against someone and they had weapons, swords, and knives coming at you and you didn't have a weapon yourself? That's what happens when you don't have the word of God. When you don't have the sword of the spirit, you're in a battle. You can't win because you don't have the word. You don't have the sword. You know what I've learned? If you're going to be victorious, you got to know the word. you got to be in the word. you got to live the word. you got to speak the word. you got to line your life up with the word. Come on, there are times that Herbert Cooper is having some bad thoughts, did something I shouldn't do, or thinking something, something that I had an attitude with someone, and I just have to say, this is what the Word says. Come on, Herbert, align your life up with the Word. Align your attitude up with the Word. There are sometimes I don't want to forgive somebody. I, I, I got to align my life up with the Word. There are sometimes I'm in a conversation or somebody's talking about me or saying something about me or doing something that I just, you know, you just want to go off, you know what I'm saying? But I align my life up with the Word. There are sometimes I've been in a conversation with somebody and they're talking crazy talk. I just remind them, I just go, what word are you standing on? I hear what you're saying, but where is that in the book? Where is what you're saying in your response? Where do you find that in the Bible? That's not in the Bible. What word are you standing on? What word? It's about the word. It's, about, it's the sword of the spirit. When the enemy's coming after you, you got to have some word to quote. When the enemy's attacking your mind, you need some word to quote. Men of God, Father's Day, when the enemy's attacking your family, come on, you can't go by your feelings. Let Speak the word of God. When the enemy's attacking you at your workplace, you need to know what the word says. It's the sword. It's the word. It's the word. It's the word. Get out from underneath that bed. Put on the full armor of God. And stand firm then. And when you've done everything to stand, stand firm with the arm of God and you will win the victory.